Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on Believe, the number one content network for professionals, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm your host, Nara Wang, and for episode 55, I welcome back to the show ESPN and Pac-12 Network play-by-play broadcaster Roxy Bernstein, who just called the USC-UCLA game over the weekend and is in Las Vegas as we speak to work the Pac-12 tournament. Roxy, thanks for returning to the Everything USC podcast. You got it, Nara. You can hear I'm already in T-Mobile Arena. They're prepping for the tournament, so it's always a great week to be in Vegas. And if you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe, download, and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Or go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Network. For me, I'm on Twitter. Find and follow me at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Roxy, let the people know how they can catch up with you on social media or traditional media, whatever. They can find me on Twitter at Roxy Bernstein, and that's probably the best way. I keep it easy. R-O-X-Y-B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where a coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. The last week of the regular season definitely didn't go the way the USC men's basketball team wanted it to go. Losing at home last Tuesday to number two ranked Arizona, 91-71, in a game rescheduled from January 2nd thanks to COVID, and then falling in Westwood Saturday night to the rival UCLA Bruins, 75-68. The game against Arizona, the home finale, included 2,700 students in the sellout crowd. That's the most ever admitted to Galen Center in that building's history. But the Wildcats never trailed and led by as many as 30 in the second half. The closest the Trojans got in that second half was at 80-64 with 438 left in the game, but couldn't get any closer than that. USC shot only 39.7% from the field, only made 4 of 18 from distance, and had a minus 5 turnover margin, leading to minus 12 in points off turnovers. They were led by Max Agbont Polo in scoring, with 14 off the bench. Chavez Goodwin had 10 on 4 of 5 shooting, but played only 19 minutes due to foul trouble. And the big three of Boogie Ellis, Isaiah Mobley, and Drew Peterson combined for just 28 points on 8 of 34 shooting, 1 of 12 from 3, and 19 rebounds and 6 assists, so not good for the three big stars. Meanwhile, Arizona 
shot 55.5% from the field, 12 of 25 of those from three-point land, and had five players in double-figure scoring, led by Benedict Matherin with 19 points, five rebounds, six assists, and three steals, making half of his threes, three of six. Kirk Kreese with 18, four and four, and four of 10 from three. And Justin Kyer off the bench, 12 points, six boards to lead the team in rebounding, and two of four from three for him. And then, on Saturday, then number 17, UCLA snaps a five-game losing streak against USC in the series. The first win for Bruin head coach Mick Cronin as UCLA's head man over the USC Trojans. USC had a 9-8 lead off of a Isaiah Mobley bucket with just over three minutes into the game, but Cody Riley would hit a jumper on the next Bruin possession to start an 8-0 run for UCLA, who would then lead the rest of the way. Trojans did get to one a couple of times in the first eight minutes of the second half, but the Bruins built their lead back up to 13 with 5.49 left before SC came back, cut the deficit to two with a minute 22 left before the Bruins scored the final five points of the game. UCLA shot 57% in the first half from the field before tightening up in the second half, but SC committed 15 turnovers to just one by the Bruins, a 21-3 margin in point-off turnovers facing UCLA. Mobley had 20 points, Peterson with 13, Ellis with 13, but the rest of the team just 19 points. For UCLA, Jaime Hawkins with the big game, 27 points, 10 of 16 shooting, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, 6 boards, and 4 assists. Jules Bernard added 19 on 6 of 11 shooting, 2 three-pointers, 5 of 6 from the free throw line. So you were there calling that game against the Bruins, Roxy. What is your takeaway from how the Trojans finish off the regular season, going 25-6 and overall in the season, 14-6 and in the conference, getting the third seed for this week's Pac-12 tournament? but not a good way to close out the regular season. No, but there were a couple of tough games for them. When you look at playing Arizona at home, and Arizona was like a buzzsaw coming in. They were upset because they just lost to Colorado. And SC may have been feeling themselves a little bit after winning at Oregon and really deflated the Ducks with that last-minute three by Drew Peterson that won the game for USC. And look, they're going over to UCLA. The Bruins had not beaten USC since McCronin had taken over. And so there was a lot of motivation, a lot of focus, determination, I thought. And really, they played with some desperation in that game Saturday night because they had to finally end that drought against USC. Place was rocking. The crowd was great. And it was just a high-level basketball game. And UCLA's standouts really made the difference. I mean, Jaime Hawkins was phenomenal in that game. I thought SC played okay. It's just UCLA was a little bit better on Saturday night. So USC is now ranked 21st in both the AP and coaches polls, but number 34 in the net rankings. Were they exposed as a team that's more in line with the net ranking, or do you still think that they're a top 25 team? I still think they're a top 25 team, Nara. I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams in America, for me, with with the size they have, the length, the way they can shrink the court on you. I know at times they've struggled offensively. And that is a key for them. But one thing that's been a constant, I know they didn't defend well against Arizona's, but for the most part, they played really good defense. And that's where USC is going to win games here in the postseason. It's because of the defense and what they can take away from other teams because of their length and their size. When you were on near the end of the football season to preview that game against Cal, we also did a preview of the USC basketball season. You had just called their game in the Wooden Legacy against San Diego State where they won that tournament. 
down in Anaheim. So having called a lot more of SC games since, how do you think the team has progressed throughout the season? I think they've improved. And some of the individual players, I think, have gained more confidence. When you look at, I think, Max Agbonk Polo is doing a lot more, for example, for USC now than he was earlier in the season. And the growth of Isaiah Mobley and the versatile player that he is to do more than just rebound and play defense. He's been scoring. He passes the ball well. I think Drew Peterson has stepped up and improved his game as well. So it's a group that I think it took them a little while to figure out offensively their identity, but now I think they have a plan. And a lot of it revolves around Peterson. And Drew Peterson's the guy that makes it go. But at the same time, it's defense that is the backbone of this team. And the defense is going to carry them. Look, I think they have a legitimate shot to get the second weekend of the tournament. But it's going to be from the defense. And it's going to be eye-popping for some teams when they see USC take the floor just because of the Trojan size. Yeah, I've considered Drew Peterson basically the X factor for this Trojan team. When he's going well, the Trojans are going well. So it's incumbent upon him to play well. It's always good when you see him not hesitate. A lot of times you see him kind of do those pump fakes, try and pass the ball. He gets a little bit maybe in his head sometimes about whether he should just take the shot. And sometimes it's just better just let it go. And when we had talked earlier, we had said, you know, Isaiah Mobley, Boogie Ellis, probably the top two guys. They're going to need that third guy to step up. It seems like it's going to be Drew Peterson to be that third guy that has to step up for SC. And even though those three guys had good games against UCLA, they didn't get enough from the bench. And how much do you think the bench and the other guys, maybe a Chavez Goodwin, Isaiah White, Agbonk Polo, Reese Dixon Waters, how much do they need from the so-called others to boost up those lead guys? They're going to need contributions for sure. Reese Dixon Waters, I think, has been playing great here the second half of the year. Kobe Johnson has also, I think, given USC some important moments here during the second half of the season. He had, the, what, five steals against Oregon State, hit a three in the game against UCLA. They're going to need those contributions. Look, to win games this time of the year, it can't just be two or three guys. And so I think that's What's been pivotal for them is the emergence of Reese Dixon Waters, for example, and being a more consistent presence off the bench. This is the Everything USC podcast on Believe. I am Nara Wang, joined this week by Roxy Bernstein, the ESPN and Pac-12 Network play-by-play guy, who is in Las Vegas to work the Pac-12 tournament this week. Of course, if you enjoy listening to this show, subscribe, download, and rate it on all of your favorite podcast directories or go right to Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Network. For me, you can catch up with me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Roxy, how do the people find out about what you're up to? On Twitter at Roxy Bernstein. That's the easiest way. This is Dane Blanton, head coach of the USC Women's Beach Volleyball Team and Olympic gold medalist, and you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. And now let's look ahead to this Pac-12 tournament and the postseason for the USC Trojans. The Pac-12 tournament, as we record this on Tuesday night, will begin on Wednesday with the first round matchups, USC as a three-seed will not have to play on the first day. They will play in the late game on Thursday night, 8.30 p.m. scheduled start on the West Coast on FS1 and KABC 790 AM. 
They will get the winner of the six-seeded Washington Huskies against the 11-seeded Utah Utes. And is either of those teams going to cause a problem for the Trojans? I don't think so. If you look at the two games, for example, against Utah, USC handled them pretty well. And I think it's a matchup thing, Nara, that those teams struggle because of USC's size and length. Washington's small and quick, and they can turn you over in that zone. They can frustrate you. But the advantage that SC has, and I do think Washington will probably beat Utah. Wouldn't surprise me if Utah won. But the fact that somebody like Drew Peterson is with his size can see over the top of that zone and make a way they can move the basketball. With SC's height, even on offense in that game, I think that's a significant advantage. I think from that standpoint, it's a tough matchup for Washington going up against USC. It really seemed like SC did end up with a good draw, even though losing to UCLA cost them the two seed, the three seed getting either Washington or Utah should, in theory, help the Trojans out. And then, progressing on, expected to face again UCLA then in the next day. Possibly, if they can get through that, Arizona would await on the other side. What do you expect the Trojans to do in the Pac-12? Are they able to get past that first round and beat UCLA for a second time this season? Or is it going to end in the Pac-12 semifinals? Well, the thing in this matchup, it's great that you get to see these teams play again, right? Because of the excitement and the energy that a rivalry brings out, right? We're going to see that in day one with Oregon going up against Oregon State. And when you're doing a neutral floor like this, you'll get to see what's going on. So I really think that it's going to be critical for both teams to win that first game. And playing on a back-to-back can be challenging. But I also think that it could be an advantage for USC because I think they could be a little bit deeper than UCLA is. As far as the entire tournament, what do you foresee coming out of Las Vegas from the Pac-12? Is it just going to be those three teams, SC, UCLA, and Arizona, one of them winning it? Or is a team going to surprise and play their way into the NCAA tournament like Oregon State did last year? I think it's going to be very difficult for one of those teams to be able to win the Pac-12 tournament this year. I, I really think that that one of the three guys, one of the three teams. Are they playing music there? Yeah, they're playing music here. It's breaking my train of thought. But I think that one of the, uh, I think it's going to come from one of those three teams. This year, because of the matchups, Nara, I think it'd be difficult for one of those teams to break through. I, I expect the champion to come from the likes of Arizona, SC, UCLA. And I think Arizona has a significant advantage because that means that USC, UCLA more than likely will play each other the night before the winner advances to play the Wildcats in the championship game. All right. So playing it out, going forward into the NCAA tournament, we know SC's going to make it. They are, as mentioned, 21 in the AP and coaches polls, 34 in today's net rankings. They've got Big wins in quad one over San Diego State at Washington State at Colorado at Oregon and versus UCLA. The losses they had were the two games against Arizona and that last one at Westwood against the Bruins. Overall, strength of schedule in the net of number 86 in the country, but number 307 in non-conference. Top 15 in the nation in rebounding and field goal percentage defense. So what kind of seeding do you think SC is looking at right now for the NCAA? Well, right now, it looks like they're in the six or seven line. And if they were to have a strong weekend here in Vegas, if they win it, 
I think they could move as high as a five, possibly even a four. But I think right now, look, if, if, for example, if Chalk holds and they do play UCLA and lose to UCLA in the semis, I think they're looking at a six or a seven. It's paramount that they win this first game. And that will definitely keep them on the lighter color uniforms in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But unfortunately, if they don't win this, I think they're going to be wearing the darker uniforms in the second game. How much do you think they can hurt or help themselves with the selection committee based on how they do in the Pac-12? Like, Let's say they go all the way and win the Pac-12 championship or they lose in the first round against either Washington or Utah. What's the range in their seeding, do you think? I think because there's so much in flux right now and it's around the country, obviously pending some results. But for USC, wins here will get them up to a four. If they win this thing, I think they're up to a four. Because that more than likely means they're beating USC and UCLA, or uh, they're beating UCLA and Arizona on back-to-back nights. And that would be significant. But that's, if they were to lose to UCLA in the semis, I think they're still at a six or a seven. If they were to lose, let's say, to Washington, they could fall down to a seven or maybe even an eight. Because that, that would not be a good loss as far as the committee looking at them. Will the regional placement matter for USC? What region they get sent to? I don't think it matters as much for them just because defense travels, Nara, right? Defense will carry a lot for you. So, look, would it be awesome if they could be in San Diego? Absolutely. But I don't know how likely that is when you have Arizona more than likely going to San Diego as a one seed. If UCLA stays in the top four, decent chance they'll be in San Diego. So that makes it tough. For USC to, let's say, get San Diego, I think they'd have to win this tournament and get seated as a four. Once you get into that tournament, as we all know, matchups matter depending on where you get placed and with who. So what type of team do you think the Trojans would do well against and what type of team would they not want to face in the big dance? Well, I think the teams they don't want to face are the quicker teams, that might jack up a lot of threes. I think that could be an issue for them, a team that moves the ball well. Teams where the ball, it's more of a half-court grinder game, I think that's played right into USC's hands. For example, that San Diego State game earlier this year, as USC just throttled them. So those are the type of teams that could really pose difficulty. And also, teams that aren't used to seeing size. Because you're going to get those mid-major teams, and look, they're, they're playing against centers that are 6'7", six, 6'8". It's not like they're seeing 6'10", 6'10", 6'9", across the front line. And that would be a significant advantage for USC. And ultimately, where do you see USC's season finishing? How far are they going to get in the NCAA tournament? There's potential there to get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. It's all about the matchups and draw. And look, last year, I thought they benefited from a good draw on top of they were playing well at the right time of the year. And I think, for example, when they got Oregon in the Sweet 16 last year, they had some definite motivation after not winning the Pac-12 and Oregon winning it. So this year, I think it changes for them because they have that tournament experience, but I do see real potential for them to go to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And I think that would be a satisfactory conclusion for most USC fans if they are making it to the Sweet 16, at least again for this season. So final thoughts from you from out there in Las Vegas. We've heard the Background music going on as they're prepping for the tournament there in T-Mobile Arena. 
What do you expect to see? How fun is that atmosphere going to be as we get fans back in to the Pac-12 tournament? That's the key is getting the fans back in the building. Last year was eerie. It was weird being here with only 100 fans for each team allowed. But we're getting back to normal. And so I expect big crowds, especially when Arizona's playing, is the tendency is when the Wildcats are good, this place turns into McHale Center North. So for the Arizona games, I'm expecting a lot of intrigue and a lot of energy in the building. I think that, for example, on the first day, maybe a little difficult with the fans, but I think come Thursday and when we get to the weekend, Friday, Saturday, this place is going to be absolutely rocking. Roxy, appreciate you taking some time out there in Vegas to come on the Everything USC podcast again. You got it, Nara. I'm happy to. For my guest, play-by-play broadcaster Roxy Bernstein, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 55 of the Everything USC podcast, presented by Bet Online on Believe, the number one content network for professionals, the place to find a sports or pop culture show for passionate fan bases across multiple platforms. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as always, I end every show by telling you to remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.